You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. An earthquake rocks Italy. Turkish forces cross the border into Syria. And all of you have thoughts on welfare. This is Sarah from the left. And Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. Welcome to The Briefcase. Before we get started, we wanted to ask everybody to check out our website, paintsuitpoliticsshow.com. You can buy t-shirts, you can support the show, and we're going to start adding a lot more original content to the website. We'll talk about that a little bit later as we get to listener feedback. But until then, go ahead and check out the show. It's website. <laughs> so there's been a lot in the news this week, Sarah. Yes, definitely. So first and foremost, we want to send... Um, Gosh, thoughts and prayers seem so empty, but Louisiana is dealing with one of the worst natural disasters since Hurricane Sandy. 13 people have died um, after incredibly bad flooding. This, I can't even wrap my, my mind around this number, but I believe this is 6.9 trillion, I think that's enough zeros, gallons of rain in one week. They said it was something like, you know, 31 inches in 15 minutes, just buckets and buckets, not even buckets, semi-trucks full of rain. 
um, way more than they could deal with. And so you have um, entire towns that have been let people that everyone, everyone there has lost everything. So Beth, you posted an interesting article though, about helping people in disaster zones. I thought we might want to mention it got a, a good reaction on Facebook. Right. Um, I was interested to learn that responders to tragedies like these refer to the second disaster often as the onslaught of donations that come in that that sometimes take the form of items which are not particularly helpful to the relief effort or that require so much energy to make them helpful that it drains resources from higher priority work. And the the point of the article was, like, it is really lovely to send clothing and things like that. But often when you do, you're not meeting the most immediate need. And what really helps meet the most immediate need is cash. Now, uh, I posted this on both my personal page and on our show page. And in both places got the reaction of, we don't always trust charitable organizations to spend cash. And I thought that was such an interesting parallel to the welfare discussion that we had on Tuesday. But um, if you feel compelled to give, you know, find an organization that you do trust and give in a way that that organization encourages you to. One really poignant example offered in the the story that I posted was when um, the Newtown shooting happened. There, there were like warehouses full of teddy bears that people sent. And it was a lovely gesture, and I understand how people want to personally contribute and personally make a difference on a really human connection kind of level, but that just doesn't always do it. So um, it's on our Facebook page. We can include it in our show notes here as well, but I I do think that's an important point to help help in a way that's helpful. The example of you can spend $300,000 shipping water bottles over there, but organizations there can spend 100000 and make six times as much water with purification um, containers. So, you know, I don't really understand if you don't trust the nonprofits to spend your money, but you trust the nonprofits to find something to do with your old T-shirts. Like, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't, I think that makes not very, somebody has to distribute it. Somebody has to be there helping them. You have to, you're trusting that someone is on the ground helping or you're sending, where, where are you sending the items to? So um, we'll put links in the show notes for ways to donate money to disaster relief because not only are there floods in Louisiana, but there was a 6.2 magnitude earthquake in Italy that's left over 200 people dead. So there are places in the world that need help and the help they need is cash. And um, I feel like these organizations are saying this is what we need and will every cent go to exactly what you want it to? Maybe not. But if that's so important to you, then maybe you should go over there and spend your own money <laughs> instead of trusting other people. to. I thought the example in that article about people sending used tea bags, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But it really was disturbing. You know, they had an image of the in after the um, hurricane or the tsunami in India that they had a beach full of used clothing that they finally just had to set on fire like Oh, I don't even want to think about that. Well, even where people are not doing things that seem objectively kind of crazy to us, it makes sense that we create a logistical nightmare inadvertently. Mm-hmm. I always think about that. Yeah. So it was. I thought it was a helpful article and, and good to just kind of zoom out and focus on the fact that we need to help in ways that are helpful. And what's helpful is letting people who have expertise in managing these crises get the resources they need in the ways that they need them to be most effective. 
Well, we also have some news coming out of Syria, um, one of the most disturbing sort of geopolitical hotspots right now because of the Syrian civil war. Turkish forces have crossed the border. This is the first time this has happened. They're being supported by U.S. forces and taking um, ground attacks into Syria, which I think is when, you know, it's new for Turkey. And I think they just, ISIS has been attacking them. And I guess they just thought, you know, their options were few and far between. I hope that the support the rebels need will help beat back ISIS. It's definitely seems like things are becoming, um, they're changing over there and becoming more dire. So this is an interesting development, to say the least. Especially since it seems like Turkey has really... Uh, gone out of its way to not get involved in a, in a right. number of Middle Eastern conflicts. So th- this really is a, a significant change. I don't know quite what to read into it, but it is a significant change. Well, in the face of the sort of overwhelming sadness of the Syrian civil war, we have good news um, with regards to global conflict. The Colombian government and the communist rebel movement, FARC, After over 60 years of fighting and 200,000 plus people killed, have signed a peace treaty. Have you ever um, followed much about FARC, Beth? I have not. I have. uh, Over the years, I've read a lot about it. I've watched documentaries on, because, you know, it's just sort of, you know, an interesting experiment in a way. It's just so, it's so long and... You know, you have generations of people that have grown up and died. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting um, women's issues because FARC, you're not allowed to get pregnant. There's a lot of, like, forced abortions, but they had to get women because they were running out of men. And, you know, I listened to a really interesting story one time about the, like, I think this was on This American Life, the marketing they used to sort of reach out to the rebels at Christmas time and be like, you don't have to do this. All these amazing things like sending floating globes with messages from their homes down the river, uh, putting up giant Christmas trees in the middle of the Amazon. All the, I mean, it's over 60 years sort of what has happened and the way that everybody's tactics have changed and what it means to be at war and have these rebel groups for over 60 years is a completely fascinating um, and not just fascinating, disturbing too, sort of... Um, I don't want to use the word social experiment because that's not what it was. But, it, it, I mean, it's sort of, it's this microcosm of conflict and what it means to a society over 60 years. And it's been so awful. Whole entire villages just ripped apart. People's family members lost forever. But they don't know where they are. They don't know if they're dead. They don't know if they're alive. They just know they joined FARC. And so I was really, really um, happy to hear that they finally signed a peace and that this country can move on after, you know, 60 years and decades and decades of fighting it's positive news on that front it's nice to have positive news on that front Mm -hmm. too i was thinking this morning about how i didn't really expect in my lifetime to feel that we were moving away from peace and that's how it has felt to me in a lot of ways lately because of all of the conflict particularly in the middle east and so to be reminded that there are really positive developments on the world stage is a great thing well, and, you know, there's that guy that studies, like, sort of geopolitical conflicts over the last hundred years. And, I mean, we're so – it doesn't feel like that because the ones that are going badly, like Syria, get so much attention. And that's not to downplay the tragedy that's happening in Syria right now. But globally, from a purely numbers perspective, we're getting much better. Fewer and fewer people die from violent conflicts every year. And 
Um, but something as a big a success as Columbia and FARC signing this um, peace treaty is a good reminder of that. Yep, and really worth celebrating. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash pantsuit. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day. Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Less worth celebrating, I would say, (laughs) is our presidential race here in the United States. And the big news this week has been dominated by what some are terming Trump's strategy for outreach to people of color. Strategy is a very generous word to use. Well, and outreach is also an interesting <laughs> word. They're both generous. Oh, that's funny. What would we call it, Beth? Darts at a board, uh, maybe? I don't know. I mean, it, 
here's what's so confusing to me. So the so the Trump speech lines that you've probably heard because they're being played over and over and over again are are basically telling Hispanic people and African American people that their lives are horrible and he is the only person that can fix those their lives and he, and he says things that are just ridiculous like you can't walk down the street without getting shot right now. I mean, that's just not true. In most of our cities, violence has diminished substantially, just like we were talking about on the global stage. And 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 I think that, you know, he just his language belies the genuineness of this effort. It sticks out at me that he talks about the Hispanics and the African-Americans. It's sort of like the way that my grandmother used to talk about the Walmart. It just, she said it in a way that let you know that she's still really uncomfortable with this idea, right? And yeah. and he talks about people in ways that let you know that he's uncomfortable with what he's talking about. And it's really diminishing. And the best commentary seems to indicate that this isn't a genuine strategy to reach out to groups of voters that are are very unlikely to support him but that it's more targeted to suburban women uh, to make us more comfortable, I guess, voting for him. And and to me, that's an awfully reductive view of suburban women as well. If if anyone thinks that we're hearing this and feeling like, oh, no, everything he has said for the last year doesn't trouble me as significantly as I thought it did. Yeah, it. It, <laughs> I'm just speechless. It's so ridiculous. It, you know, it's it speaks to what I was talking to last time, which is, you know, we focus on the qualifications to be president, but truly you need a certain amount of experience to run for president. And he is illustrating over and over again that he does not have those qualifications. This is This is just rookie stuff this is something you would see out of like a state house candidate so not a presidential candidate it's it's depressing it's depressing to turn on the television and you know today i was in the car and turned on the radio and heard him railing about how hillary clinton is a bigot who views african americans as nothing but votes can we stop can we just stop i mean I, I don't understand speaking about your opponent in a presidential race in that way. I think it's wrong. And I, I just I'm really I'm just really sad that this is where we are. This is the level of conversation that we're having. So Hillary was in the news as well, although it quickly became a news about the news instead of about her. AP put out an investigative piece. I say that with you you correctly just detected a, a a small point of snarkiness in that um, with regards to Clinton donors um, to the Clinton foundation and whether or not they had increased access to Hillary when she was secretary of state. Um, they used some interesting sort of math to determine that half of all her meetings were with Clinton donors by excluding sort of any government officials or other foreign government officials, which if you're secretary of state, you would rightly assume would be a lot of your meetings. And also sort of glossed over the fact that a lot of the people asking for things didn't get what they asked for. So it was um, kind of quickly attacked. The The head of AP has come out and sort of defended it, but it's still being attacked. So it's really interesting um, examination of not only the media's certain media outlets treatment of her, but then the way that the media sort of go after each other, I thought has been kind of interesting. 
I Yeah, I'm reluctant to comment on this story because one of our listeners uh, said to me over the weekend, like, hey, here's some more stories to discuss in what's becoming the regular segment of you raising questions about Hillary Clinton's judgment and Sarah promising you that it's okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't want to be that predictable. Um, you, you know, I think that it's it's really unfortunate that what should have been serious reporting devolved and that that we are unable we're unable to just trust facts at this point, right? We're unable to trust. I mean, this is the AP. And it's really unfortunate that a story that had so much significance attached to it and where you knew both sides were going to spin it, that we couldn't trust that what came out of the AP would have been kind of above reproach. So I guess that's all I have to say that's that's anywhere near new. Well, I thought about what, let me say something new to this fact in the sort of regular segment we're having. I think where I'm coming from is not, trust me, I you know, Hillary's great and you can just trust me. Where I'm coming from is somebody who worked in Washington, D.C. And so the reason I don't seem shocked is not because I think Hillary Clinton is, you know, this bastion of, you know, perfect moral and ethical judgment it's that i think that she is a part of the system and this is what happens on every level in every place you know money and influence buys you access it always has and it continues to and to me the solution to that problem is not trying to find someone who is you know has somehow managed which i would argue is an impossible task you know some perfect moral savior to show us how to do it because the issue, like I said, don't hate, you know, like I always say, don't play the, ha- don't hate the players, hate the game. So to me, I guess that's why I'm, I don't, I don't mean to, sh- to shrug it off, I guess, but the solution to me is not finding someone who exists outside the system because I don't think you reach the upper echelons of the system by existing outside of it. Um, so, to, you know, with regards to the, the access and, sort of revolving door of lobbyists and money and donors and all that. One person, even if they're morally and ethically above it all, is not going to fix it because the problem is not the people. The problem is the system. And that's maybe what I keep trying to get at when I shrug off these concerns because I don't think it's about any one individual's um, good or bad judgment. I think it's about the system. And until we change the system, then I'm not really sure how much can really change, I guess, is what I'm saying. Because even if you find that perfect person, they can only be in the office for so long. And then you're out, what, searching for somebody else that somehow found a way to exist outside the system. And I want to be clear that I'm not looking for a perfect person. And I do not deny that much of what is being reported about the Clintons, and I say the Clintons, I never exempt Bill from this discussion. (laughs) I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about, do we view this differently because she's a woman? These issues, I don't, because I think he's even more responsible for a lot of this than than she is. But I, I think it's not that I'm looking for a perfect human or denying that this is the game. What I would like to see are people a number of people interested in changing that game. Mm -hmm. And Hillary Clinton does not exhibit any characteristics that make me think she is interested in changing this particular aspect of this particular game. 
And that's what well, she I has find. Said she's going to tr- she's going to introduce legislation to overturn Citizens United. That doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> I mean, we've, you know, we've talked about that before. Like, I don't have a problem with Citizens United as much as I have an issue with the appearance of impropriety around these revolving doors of I put money in here and it gets me access over there. And I understand that from your perspective, Citizens United is a huge driver of that. And you may well be right. It just these stories are exhausting to me. And I don't even know that I I don't I have not seen evidence of a quid pro quo. Right. I have not seen evidence of someone gives the Clinton Foundation or the Clintons personally money and it translates to a policy output. So I'm not making that accusation. I think it probably doesn't exist. But I think that the judgment that goes into setting up situations where that question is always a question is troubling. Now, what does that mean here in 2016? I don't know, because it's not like you say, well, this sounds awful again, so I think I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. Like, that's not a real option either. And that's what I find so just I'm just worn out with it. You know, I want to be optimistic and I'm worn out. Yeah. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. 
that's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered shower head purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. I mean, I understand. I just, I think you're worn out though because you're looking for, I don't know, there's the word judgment, I guess, bugs me because it's, it, it implies sort of this personal individual judgment and maybe that's not what you mean but to me it's just there is an element of personal individual judgment that I question here like I question the fact that we are this close to the election just starting to learn what the plan is for the Clinton Foundation that Mm. they they had to know they did know right that this was always going to be an issue they did know when she was secretary of state that she would eventually seek higher office I mean I again I'm not saying that they actually did something reprehensible what i'm saying is they're very very bright people who've lived under scrutiny for a long time and it looks like they haven't made the efforts that you need to make to ensure that these questions can go away i mean can why are they doing this to themselves right everything well i think the reason that they are hesitant with the clinton foundation is because they rightly view the Clinton Foundation as doing a lot of good globally. And they do. They pay for people's aid. Sure, of course. They do all kinds of great work across the globe. And, you know, I don't blame... And also, I think... But that's what of, it... There, it implies, too, that in their situation, there's this, like, obvious framework. Well, we don't have an obvious framework for when you have two living presidents married to each other. <laughs> like, that's just not something we've dealt with before. And so I don't think it's, you know fair to just assume that you know we're gonna have to figure out a new way not only because I think it would be it's not fair to assume that Bill Clinton is just going to give up everything because she's president but also I hope what this does is sort of change the role for the next person who is a you know first spouse so that we don't have to treat them like some kind of you know fancy stay-at-home person you know I hope that this this pushes our thinking about what is appropriate for the spouse of the president to do or not do in new and different ways, because this is something we've never dealt with before. So I don't think it's just sort of obvious what they should do because it's a a totally and completely new situation. But it is obvious that they should have had a plan for it and that that plan be disclosed. And it is, we do have a framework for what happens when you run for office and you have a variety of interests. You know, early on, Jeb Bush came off all of the boards that he was on because he knew he was running for president. We do have that framework. And and that is that is another point that is fair. It is fair to say Donald Trump has equally concerning conflicts of interest that he has not disclosed fully and completely plans for. Like, I'm not saying that the Clinton Foundation is a bigger red flag than all of the Trump interests globally that need to be dealt with. I mean, this is an issue on both sides. So again, it's not like I'm trying to, 
I'm not coming from the place of like a Republican who wants to take down the Democratic nominee. That's just not the landscape that we're in right now. What I think is really particularly unfortunate and new to say this week is that the reporting on this needs to be done very carefully because these are legitimate questions. And when the reporting is done in a flawed way, it not only, you know, worsens the conversation on both sides, but it takes away from the fact that there are some real things to sort out here. And we can name those and talk about them without having this sense of like, we don't have to go to she's corrupt or she's a criminal or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we don't need those words or even those concepts. We do need to raise the questions. What's going to happen here? That's fair. Yeah, I agree. So before we're going to move on to Friday feedback, we've got lots and lots of great feedback about our welfare episode, but we wanted to say that we're going to start showcasing some of the feedback that we receive. You guys write the most amazing emails and Facebook messages, and we have these great conversations on Twitter. And what we're going to try to do is start showcasing them on our blog. We've moved the blog. You can now get to some most of the stories from the homepage of the website, and um, there's always the link at the top of the page. So we're going to start putting some a lot more of this content out there, hopefully daily, so that you can get a little 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 piece of the pantsuit politics community. And if you you know don't feel like you have to write us directly. Um, and like sort of, I want to talk to you about this. If you just have something that you want us to share that you think, hey, I think the pantsuit politics community would be interested in this or I have thoughts on this, please send it to us. We'd be happy to read it. And um, if it's a good fit, put it up on the website. So yesterday I published a really great email we received from Deborah, who poverty is an incredibly passionate um, issue for her that she cares deeply about. And so I want, I'm going to read a little bit, which she said, if I could solve anything within our current social policy system, it would be cliffs. Cliffs exist in many of our policies, such as cash assistance, Medicaid, and earned income tax credits. If we truly want to encourage individuals to work, then we should allow individuals to work and slowly scale back cash assistance month to month based on their income. And I talked about that a little bit. I didn't call them cliffs in the pantsuit primer, which is, you know, you had these the situation and every dollar you earned is a dollar less you got. And it really did perpetuate the idea that working was not worth it. And so I really appreciated Deborah chiming in on that. And you can read the entirety of her remarks on pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. Deborah has... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Deborah has professional and educational expertise Mm -hmm. in this area. And so it's really worth reading what she has to say. We also had um, Lewis, who I'm going to publish his remarks also on welfare, but he also had some really great thoughts on the soda tax. He said, so often these discussions become don't you want to fund schools versus do you like live in a nanny state and it stems from politicians looking at the obvious link between soda and the obesity epidemic and trying to discourage soda consumption the only way that they know how i'm fine with the tax on soda as long as a the tax impacts the sticker price on the shelf studies show taxes don't work when they are only added at the register and that the money is used for one-off projects to pay down a deficit you never want to be in a situation where you're relying on soda consumption to fund education people who think that's a good idea apparently don't know how budgeting works Yeah, I totally agree. I think the sticker shock is um, a good way. And there were lots of great conversations on Twitter about this. Um, And um, I guess I have a less than nuanced take on sugar in general. I really think that it is the 
core of the problem with our diet and all the terrible chronic diseases that come from the Western diet. So that's why I seemed a little maniacal in my desire to stack soda. And while I do understand, you know, the concerns that people um, get their calories, uh, fear not if we tax soda, there are plenty, still plenty of cheap sources of sugar in most places in the United States. And while I think soda taxes are part of the problem, I definitely don't think that's the entirety of the solution. Um, but every, everybody had such great thoughts on that. So we'll share um, maybe some of those in the future. But Lewis will have his his great comments on welfare up on the blog too. It's interesting how that issue uh, very kind of clearly gets down to brass tacks in terms of like what you believe about government. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just kind of surprising how something that maybe seems like a small topic is really, really important. And I was happy that he, he got to what I think is the most important part of this conversation, which is, wait a second, like, okay, let's just put the idea of taxing soda aside for a second. Why is this how we're trying to fund our schools? Like we, we have got to do better than that. No, I agree. I mean, I think you have to be really careful with that situation. You don't want it to be a dependable source of income because the idea is generally you want people to drink less soda. So hopefully it won't be a dependable source of income. Well, and also your whatever your primary sources of revenue are as any kind of governmental entity, I would hope that education is high enough on the priority list that it's getting it's getting funded by those primary sources of income. So the other message that we wanted to talk about briefly, uh, we heard from Ben, who appreciated our discussion on welfare and wanted to hear more from us about corporate tax dodging. Ben recommends a Netflix documentary on tax dodging that we will link in the show notes and just wants to hear more about that. So we thought we would bring it up today and encourage people to check that documentary out. We will as well, and we'll have a discussion about it in future episodes. So Deborah also had a really interesting challenge to me, which was to go an entire episode without bringing up Vox. (laughs) So I did realize that recently that it's the only news source I'm subscribed to on Facebook, them as reclined. So it's probably not an accident that I see their stories um, the most, but I subscribed because I really enjoy the way they report and I think they're doing really great things and as a little bit of a throwback, they just did a really great video on, let's just be honest with ourselves, Amer- what Americans call breakfast is just dessert. Really shocking. And I'm a sugar Nazi already. And it was like the same amount of sugar in like a yogurt. Is this- No, it was like a glass of juice is the same amount of sugar in a choco taco, which was sort of shocking. Um, so really great. I just love the stuff they're doing generally. And I thought I should announce that that situation could likely get worse if depending on how you see it before it gets better because I have been accepted into Vox Conversations so I will be going to DC at the end of September to attend their what they're calling sort of an anti-conference it's you know people addressing big ideas and big solutions to the problems that plague our society I'm really excited about it so um, I think I did pretty good this episode I didn't bring it up till just now (laughs) Congratulations, both <laughs> on going to Vox conferences and on meeting Deborah's challenge for this episode. No, I mean, I think it's a really, like, an important part of what I I value about what we're trying to do here is to be really transparent about our news sources, too. And so the fact that people know you are coming from a perspective informed by Vox, I think, is important. And uh, that has its 
ups and downs, just like the news sources that I default to as well, right? So yeah, um, I mean, I, I read Vox and New York Times. I'll just put it straight out there. Those are the two I read, and five thirty eight ever occasionally. I think what I like about Vox is that it feels very like millennial to me. Like it feels very, it feels like it's pushing against expectations. That it's pushing for the real. Like what does the data say? It's like kind of got a freakonomics vibe a lot of the time. Um, that's what I really enjoy about it, that I feel like it's covering things that the people aren't covering them and in a way that the traditional news sources are an approach that they don't usually take, which I, um, really appeals to me, obviously. We recently sat down with the co-hosts of Around the Table, a, a podcast about uh, lots of things in life, and we're going to publish that pretty soon. And you'll hear us talk more about the news sources that we appreciate in that discussion. So thanks for joining us for another episode of The Briefcase. We always appreciate hearing from you. As Sarah said, we'll uh, start asking for your permission to share some of your great feedback on our website, pantsuitpoliticsshow.com, to check that out. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Please continue to leave us iTunes reviews. It really helps us out, and we just it makes our day as well. And until Tuesday's episode, keep it nuanced, y'all. 